0: a warm welcome in this space in today's episode i will address self-doubt and true worth in god foundational steps for christian women i found that many christian women that i encounter and talk with and serve and guide and help wrestle with self-doubt, self-criticism, with lots of regrets that sometimes keep them up at night, no matter how successful they are in the world, in their profession, in their vocation, in their families. So on the surface, there's a sense of, yes, I'm doing wonderfully and people really acknowledge them. But deep down inside, there's this nagging feeling, and this is especially true if they are going through a difficult season. It could be difficulties at work or maybe it could be dramatic like having, going through a divorce or stress at work or in a family or contemplating a career change estrangements from family members or even death of a dear one and it could be even positive events like marriage, birth of a child, kids going to college, promotion at work. So on the outside they look very professional, compassionate and they are there for the others but inside they are hurting and actually this was me about 12 years ago. I've seen this over and over, including in myself, as I mentioned. And many times, these moments are very difficult to share with others. And we feel like we're alone and all the others are doing great, fantastic. I must be the only one, which leads to thoughts like, I should be grateful. What's wrong with me? Why can I pull myself together? I've been managing difficult seasons before. Why this one? I cannot do this now. So this is very subtle. Many times it's our subconscious. We're not like running our day with those kind of experiences or thoughts or doubts. But when many times when we pause, they bubble up. And when do they pause mostly? Sometimes when we pray. But of course, we need to keep on going. So we go into the striver mode, pushing ourselves, maintaining our outside professional persona or persona in our family or in our church. And when we do stop from this go, go, go mode, a few things could happen. Either moments like emotions, negative emotions might come up when we least expect them. And that happened to me more than a decade ago. I was on fire, go, go, go. And then I had like an hour bursting into tears or really unexplained sadness, right? So I was very highly functioning, but then this would happen in the middle. And then the other option could be, well, we relax so well in vacation or weekend that we don't want to come back to our daily rhythm. So we get the Sunday night blues or coming to work, and the, or the other option is we cannot even relax. We can just stay on the go go mode all the time. I've been there. I've done all them, and I've seen them in so many Christian women, professional and caregivers. And to make this even more complicated, if this is you, you might like I did. Now that you're functioning really well on a sufficient level and you are not in need or therapy, the psychiatric treatment, those are the things that are in the world. They're very helpful for us if we do have, you know, major depressive disorder or mood disorder or any psychiatric problems, you know, yes, at that time we need psychiatric treatment and therapy, but I knew I was highly functioning and who do I want to turn to? What else is out there besides therapy and talking with my spiritual father or priest if you do have one? So type in the chat if this resonates with you or send me a private DM on Facebook. So today we're going to talk and go to the root that keeps us stuck. And I'm going to bring three foundational elements in here from all my decades of experience in such a way that you get the condensed versions so we don't perpetuate the problem because this is what happens we can our mind is designed in such a way that it's trying to fix all the time but many times because we have misunderstandings we perpetuate the problem so today we'll really go over that and unpack those misunderstandings so we could truly move towards being free in God as they said take my yoke Christ said that Take my yoke as it is easy and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ah, just reading this makes me feel so light already, right? Because pain is different than suffering. Pain means there's an event that produces pain, but suffering is what we produce inside by, with our mindsets, with our beliefs, and we're going to go to the root of one of these hamster wheels, so to speak, that we keep us in suffering, which has to do with self-doubt. And if you're a regular in this space, I want to welcome you back, and I would love to hear from you, how you're doing, so feel free to type in the chat, say hello, send me a message on Facebook, and if you don't know me, a warm welcome. I'm Dr. Yuana Popa from Team for the Soul, and I'm particularly touched and inspired to support amazing Christian women that are serving others through their professions, It might be caregivers and almost like merbearing women's, and I do that through online programs, Growing in Christ and Heart in Christ, which is my one-to-one online coaching and spiritual care, but I particularly love to help to re- you to regenerate, experience God daily, help move through past losses towards release and hope, and transform towards your highest potential, so we can together really continue to serve Christ towards higher consciousness and support every human being that we encounter with joy and energy and enthusiasm and peace that surpasses all understanding and if you know other christian women and servant leaders and caregivers you can spread the word and share this channel and share what i'm posting on facebook and instagram and linkedin because i love to support all mirror women so that we can connect with each other and build consciousness in christ as the world needs you a renewed joyful and empowered you so with that let's dive in more than a decade ago as a professional christian woman and mom i went through a very difficult season i alluded to this at the beginning i went through a very challenging and unexpected divorce i felt like it was a tsunami of some sort because my entire world really crumbled and it flipped from outside in. And although I love my church and fine great comfort and I have my professional background, of course, in mental health and psychology, I was not prepared. I mean, I, I think no one truly is prepared, but I thought, well, I could find the resources that I need. What I was looking for when I was looking for help is as I mentioned earlier, I was highly functioning. It wasn't like I needed real therapy or psychiatric treatment, but that was the only thing that was available. But that kind of help I wanted and needed was to integrate, to integrate myself, both using science, psychology, principles, spiritual care, and my particular faith. And it was hard. That's why I kept pulling it together and I worked tirelessly to create programs that actually can bring this at your fingertips but deep down i realized, and this was much later mind you that i had a sense of questioning myself i had regrets about my choices about my mistakes that i did even if it actually was not my fault but nonetheless i wanted to with good reasons we always need to revalue what we did but it didn't stop there It went further and further and I was doubting myself to the point that it was really hard to rethink my life. Like, what do I do now? Do I remarry? Is that okay in the church? Do I stay single? Here I am, a middle-aged woman going through this. Like, what do people will say about me? It was on and on and on. And I found this to be true for many Christian women, no matter what that tsunami, so to speak, is, no matter what that transition is, could be a negative event, so to speak, or a positive event, so to speak. And when things happen in our life, many times our first reaction is to blame ourselves, doubt ourselves, and convict ourselves for any mistakes. Conviction, even when we feel like God forgave us or other people, including our priests, might say, it's okay, we continue to convict ourselves. And the reality is at the core, we really are so well-intended. We want to serve others, sacrifice ourselves, be compassionate, help, guide, heal others. And we always think, oh, worry, am I prideful? Am I unworthy? I feel confused, stuck. So those are natural. I want to normalize this because when this happens, we're not necessarily aware that other people go through this, but no one is going to put this on Facebook, right? Like, We don't usually go when we go through this, but I'm on a mission here to normalize natural reaction, especially for us Christian women. And I find this to be true for many Christian women. And this is you. I want you to know you are not alone, far from it. I've also noticed with Christian women that it does not happen in our work, our family, or church as long as we keep the established cultural patterns, an established path, vocational work. A family. But as soon as we are faced with breaking the norms, either from outside event or from ourselves, right? For me, it was like, oh my goodness, I, I love marriage. I want to be experiencing the marriage, how Christ established it. But that's us breaking the norm. Can I remarry? Like what's going on here, right? But whenever we're perceiving the norms are different and we step outside a little bit we start to feel unworthy that was true for me there was a nagging feeling oh i should have known better what's wrong with me why can i pull myself together why cannot snap out of it i must be doing something wrong my faith is weak so if this resonates with you then listen as i go through the principles because you will really benefit from this And it's, again, very, very common. And those thoughts can last for nanoseconds, but can impact our inner landscape ecology and keeps us stuck on a hamster wheel because it produces unhelpful inner states. We become less resourceful. We become more closed in. So this is not very helpful. And this really saps our energies our reserves, dear one, and can even lead to burnout. I've seen that happen. Or just a nagging feeling that we're not really fulfilled. Something is missing in our lives. And I'll give you an example here. One of my one-to-one clients in the Heart in Christ program is a very successful professional, 30 years in her profession, amazing, amazing gifts, well-established, really well-regarded and discovered and knew that about herself had an intense self-critic and doubting which was not happening all the time right just when she was taking a break and found that the only way to quiet this down was through being very good at her professional to the point of exhaustion and when she paused and relaxed the negative comments were coming in the mind without even being aware of it, was more aware of the feelings, right? Because many times the thoughts and those negative comments from our subconscious are more hidden, but we see the aftermath. We feel the feelings, feeling bad or feeling sad without particular reason. And she and I, we worked together through her mindsets and we first uncovered the hidden belief that were perpetuating the problem. And as I helped her to be empowered really in her inner world, To navigate the seven levels of empowerment. I've shared this in another YouTube. You might want to check that out. She was able then to navigate with ease and make real choices that are in her power, not in someone else, because we can't control other people necessarily. We might influence them, but we can't control what they think. Many times we don't control our environment, but we do have the ability, Christ-given ability in our brain to shape our inner landscape and navigate our thoughts, and emotions, and beliefs, and this is what I really truly want for you, and for all Christian women, because we all deserve to be free in Christ, and there is a path. The experiences that we're having now is for centuries, and centuries, and centuries of all sorts of bad behaviors and habits and people trying with good heart to overcome them with the knowledge they have at their time. Like I'm not blaming my parents, I'm not blaming my grandparents or anyone's parents. Every human being is doing the best they can with the information they have at the time. That's it with the information they had at the time. But now, as we have more and more information, we want to assimilate, we want to really move towards higher consciousness so that we can help others remove all those shackles, so to speak, because we know now that conditionings are perpetuated from generation to generation through epigenetics, also through behavioral changes, and we're not stuck with them. This is the good news. So this is a new discovery in our world, and it's coming into awareness in, in many, many disciplines. So If you feel that way, I want you to feel encouraged, not feel like, oh my goodness, I lost so much time. How did I miss this information? It's now becoming more readily available in our world. So stay with hope, the hope that comes from Christ. So here is how we can fix this. And this is what I did with my client and I'm sharing the steps. So you can take the steps as well. Of course, we inside of my program, I go much more detail is more layered and it's more elaborate and I won't have time to explain all this, but I want you to give you really the biggest nuggets, condensation of my three decades. So here are the three foundational principles that I'm going to share with you. So you might want to take notes now or come back to this later and take notes but just even if you don't take notes just remember it N- principle number one false humility versus true humility many times what we perceive that we have to do is to put ourselves down in order to be humble in god aren't we taught that we need to be humble absolutely but there's a misconception here and we'll unpack this As one of very established monastics in a Christian world and a scholar shared to one of his conferences, he said, there is a difference between false humility and real humility. He said, well, I am graduated from Harvard. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to put myself down, right? It's a reality. He's a scholar. He's brilliant, right? That brilliance, he cannot undo that. So false humility, he said, will be to say, oh, I'm so stupid. I don't know anything. Like, that's not true. That's false, right? And we are valuable human beings as God is inviting us to take our three to five talents and multiply them, right? He could not have multiplied his talents if he's constantly undermining himself. So that's what I invite you to do because it is impossible psychologically to multiply our talents, maybe three or four or five, whatever we have to make it to six to eight to 10 to use Christ's parable if we're constantly putting ourselves down, if we're constantly destroying our inner confidence, if we're constantly destroying our inner foundation because this, only leads to unhelpful feelings, of fear, of discontent, of frustration. And this is not a resourceful state. The reality is when we function suboptimally, we cannot really multiply our talents. So we need to train ourselves to be in resourceful state so that all our thoughts, our emotions, work in synchronicity with our body, with our soul for the glory of God to let your light shine into the world. So in other words, you cannot discredit yourself And say yourself you're unworthy when clearly you have lots of gifts and talents. They need to be acknowledged because they are really, truly a gift from God working with you. You're an expert in your field. You're a great mom. You might be a missionary. You are doing amazing things for God. So you want to acknowledge that. That's not bad. That's false humility. Because you're racing your entire life because of some mistakes you did. It's not fair to you. You love God. This is why you're here to listen to this because of your faith. So just acknowledge that I love and I'm faithful. Doesn't have to be perfect, just like a seed of a mustard, right? But you made the best decision with information you had at the time. So give yourself some grace the same way you would do it with your friend, because real humility is actually in front of God as we sit in awe at his feet as we are realizing that we're just a speck in this humongous universe, but God so loved us, so loved us before we are even formed and born, because he gave up his only begotten son. So that, it's like chilling, just me saying this, I feel the sense of awe. That's true humility, right? That we cannot do anything without God. So if God forgives us, we also need to start forgiving ourselves. So choose true humility and not false humility. Now here's principle number two in dealing with our self-doubting thoughts. We need to reframe from fixed mindset into growth mindset. What do I mean by that? These are psychological terms, they're being studied actually, and they're very, very powerful. They're used in the educational world, which really embraces that. So I'm so thankful, thank God, that our teachers who are teaching the next generation are using these principles, so are going to be embedded in everything they're doing. So what do I mean by fixed mindset or growth mindset? Well, I'll give an example. I loved watching figure skating when, they were, when I was young. And my kids, both, they did sports. So what I've noticed is that, let's say I watched those beautiful skaters, beautiful routines, and when they fell down, many times, it felt like in, in a competition, it felt, oh, it's so bad because we see them so perfectly. But the reality is they fell down thousands and thousands and 10,000s before, right, during their practice. And this is uh, some information from medicine, right? Our cerebellum, the part of our brain in the back, visualizes our moves and holds all the patterns. That's how it learns. The cerebellum will not know how to refine a movement unless we make mistakes, unless we miss the mark many, many times, and then we come back. So that's true for ourselves. So initially I had very much fixed mindset. It was hard to forgive myself. I had particular choices that I made in life that was like, oh, I wish I knew more information. I wish I have not made this. I wish someone had taught me. Have you ever thought of those thoughts before? And this is for mistakes I did in the past and choices that led to what I thought problems. And although I knew God forgave me, right? I went through confession, I realized, wait a minute, this is truly fixed mindset. Like, why am I thinking that if I made a choice as if it's the whole life depends on it? Well, we make choices every second, right? So if we miss the mark one time, we can course correct. So that's what I really invite you to think that it's not really about mistakes. We are moving through this to learn, to get closer and closer to god because that's our ultimate destination right so i know i look at mistakes differently now i pause i pray to god to help me see what i need to correct right because there's always a learning when mistakes or mishappenings happen to learn the lesson so i do that but then ask god to forgive me i go to confession I forgive myself afterwards. This is very important. This is very powerful. When we realize that mistakes are just acts of in reality, and we can course correct. And I don't label myself as having mistakes, but really I missed the mark and I need to do course correction. And it's really interesting because the definition of sin, which has been preserved in ancient Christian faith and maybe in other Christian denominations that I'm not always familiar with, sin means we miss the mark isn't that fantastic isn't that amazing how god reveals his truth everywhere in faith psychology and science right because if we miss the mark guess what our next step is not to beat on ourselves but we need to course correct all right so this is very very important growth mindset versus fixed mindset choose growth mindset All right, so let me share now the third and last principle is that God really loves us. He wouldn't have brought us to this life. He's a loving God. We know that from our faith. So much love. I mean, think of Christ when he was on the cross. He was crucified. He was beaten. And Christ still loved the people around him. They were doing this to him and asked God to forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. You see, when I said earlier, that people make choices with the information they had at the time. Christ really embodied that. Wow, they're doing their best with the information they had at the time. And he didn't blame them. He forgave them. He loved them. So this reality that God really loves you and trusts you and needs you, it's a fundamental principle that I want you to embody today that God does not have eyes, hands, and feet, or a body. We are his eyes we are god's hands we are god's body we are god's feet and brain and thoughts and emotions he's intermingled with us inside of us that's why it's so important that christ is incarnate right he brings god and human together he models this for us so we too as christian women we are incarnate of god we are his eyes and brain and hands and feet and i'll give you one quick example here When my first daughter was born, I had this awareness that I was looking at her in delight and love and beauty. And I realized all of a sudden, like, whoa, no one else sees this right now except me and God. That was just so moving. And I realized, and God will see the details through my eyes, through my sensations. I'm like, oh, I can open that door and allow God to experience life through me because I am God's eyes. I am God's hands. It was just so moving and so touching. So I invite you to realize that and that we have a choice every moment that we allow also to God experience life through us and allow God to move us because we're not separate. We're co-creating. So this is really the invitation that we co-create with God and you are needed, are so precious, more precious than the rubies. And you're needed in the world, your ideas, your plans, your vision, your projects, the way you attend to work, your, everything that you, your hands touch, the way you drive your car, everything is needed. And even if you do make what's called mistakes, this is how we learn and grow. Remember the ice skater, right? This is how our brain works. Now, I'm not suggesting here like, oh, just be careless and I'm just going to do whatever, and just, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not suggesting that, right? We're still going to strive to do our very, very best for Christ, right? But when we do make mistakes, many times unintentionally, that we realize, oh, this is the best I did with the information of the time. Let me correct, let me fix what I need to fix, and then forgive myself, all right? And here are five of my favorite bible verses that can help and strengthen you okay number one matthew 17 20 faith a small of a seed of a mustard can move the mountains amen number two from Proverbs 16 3 commit to the lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans listen to this establish your plans so you make plans and god is establishing them for you so have no fear. Number three from Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Number four, Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So, God causes all things to work out. So, there's no mistakes. Just we're missing the mark. All right. And we course correct all the time, every day, every moment. And number five, for God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but the power and love of a sound mind. This is in 2 Timothy 1 7. All right. So, as we wrap up, here are the three building blocks. Again, to remind yourself and might want to write them down, take screenshots. So you can remember this every day. Number one, choose true humility and not false humility. Number two, choose growth mindset and not fixed mindset. And number three, choose the reality that God loves you, trusts you, and needs you in this world for a very special purpose. All right? And with that, I'm going to say a short prayer. Thank you so much, God, for this time together. And may you enlighten us to continue to trust you, to love you. And may you continue to reveal day by day, whenever we make missteps and we're missing the mark, you bring us closer, closer to you. And we know you love us, you know you entrusted us with our body, our mind, our emotions, our soul, and we're so grateful for that. May you continue to bless us and continue, everyone who's listening, that may share the good news as murdering women, we can continue to share your news and be full of joy, full of love, and full of power coming from you that we can move mountains as faith as small as a seed can move mountains in Jesus name we pray amen so with that I thank you so much for all you do I send you many prayers many blessings and spread the word about this so many more women can benefit and we can come together for the glory of God so with that thank you so much and I say goodbye for now